Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my, it's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here again without my co-host, the illustrious Patricia Kirkman, PK. But I have good news for everybody. PK is doing so much better after that terrible fall she took where she fractured her pelvis, and she is at home. She is doing extremely well. And she is hoping to join us for next week's show, and on we go with that. So she said to say hello to our wonderful audience on her behalf. She thanks you all for the well wishes you've been sending her, the prayers for healing, and she's very grateful to all of you. So thank you for reaching out to PK, and again, she is doing so much better, and I'm so happy to be able to say that. So anyhow, here we are. And I've got a great guest for you tonight. We are so lucky to have him here with us, Lynn Buchanan, remote viewer extraordinaire. We're going to get into his background. He's going to tell us all about remote viewing. Can you do it, too? We're going to find out. We will tonight. But first, I wanted to go ahead and mention we've got some great stories on our Facebook page. Make sure you go ahead and give us a like and a follow there and on Twitter. And guess what, everybody? I don't know if you remember this the show, but I certainly do. Unsolved Mysteries. Great show. Robert Stack was the host. Unfortunately, he's not with us any longer to host the show, but the show's back. And it's being produced by the same people who gave us Stranger Things. And you can view it on Netflix. And right after we're done with the show tonight, I'm going to watch the first episode, which includes a story about UFOs in the Berkshires. That's where I am. So I can't wait to see this. I want to encourage all of you to take a look. I hear it's a really terrific show. And we have other stories there on the Facebook page about a dangerous UFO encounter and and some other UFO encounters. There seem to be a lot more reports, as you all know, coming down the pike, more and more soft disclosure, more and more people coming forward. So take a look at that Facebook page and... Watch the videos, and you will learn some new things. I can guarantee you that. So tonight, we have with us Lynn Buchanan. Now, Lynn was one of the U.S. military's controlled remote viewers from 1984 to 1992. During that time, he worked first as a viewer and then as a database manager, trainer, training officer, property book officer, And upon retirement, he worked as a computer systems analyst at the Defense Intelligence Agency. He then began his own computer data analysis company called Problem Solutions Innovations. 
when the CIA declassified the existence of the military's remote viewing effort in 1994, it became public knowledge that Lynn had been the unit's trainer, and he was overwhelmed with applications for training. So Lynn started the Assigned Witness Program, which uses trained and experienced controlled remote viewers to do pro bono remote viewing work for police and other public service organizations. The original intent of the program was to help police find missing children. However, as cases met with success, the various departments and agencies began to enlist remote viewers in other projects. So presently, Problem Solutions Innovations continues to work with both public service agencies and the corporate world to train and make use of talented and qualified controlled remote viewers. Now, Lynn has written about all of his experiences and what he learned about the human mind in his book, The Seventh Sense. And he's with us tonight. Lynn, welcome to the show. Boy, after all that, I think I'm going to be impressed with myself or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. We're all impressed with you. And what an exciting life you have led with all of these things. My goodness. It has, but I, it has been interesting, wanted, yeah. Oh, it's great. And I want to start at the beginning because I heard the story about your childhood and this exciting event that took place that kind of set the stage for everything that came after. Would you be willing to share that with us tonight? Well, yeah, okay. Um, uh, my The thing that happened was that um, you've heard of the, uh, what, poltergeist kids? Uh, yes. There are, that is a common phenomena among children, actually. Uh, the ones that get press is the ones who are, you know, mentally unstable and all that. But, uh, but it's a common thing among children, and it started happening with me. And uh, I've always been very curious, and so I started playing with it to see what I could do with it. And uh, I was learning how to uh, do things with it on command and, um, you know, no no mental turmoil or anything like that. And um, my my life parallels Charlie Brown's in many ways. <laughs> I can't fly a kite. But also I was showing off for the cute little red-headed girl one day. Uh-oh. <laughs> and she was very impressed and went home and told her father, the Pentecostal minister. Uh-oh. And um, good. the next day, I was going home from school and met him and three of his deacons just on the, you know, on the street. And he introduced himself and said that he was really interested in all this and he would love to see that. And so um, I showed him one little trick that I had learned. And immediately, they had me down on the sidewalk, pushing my head into the pavement, just screaming for Satan to come out of me and leave this poor child oh, alone, you know. Oh. And uh, I was I was 13 years old, and uh, you know I was raised in the Deep South, Southern Baptist, and if the preacher said it, then God obviously said it. And um, so I had never even considered that this might be evil in any way. But um, he was telling me that I was going to hell and, and that this was all, you know, 
from Satan and everything else. And so I spent the next 20 years, 30 years, suppressing this, what I had learned. And um, and sure enough, I had learned it well enough that any time I got angry, it would come out and uh, and things would start happening, you know. So I became one of those that had the, you know, the uh, emotional issues. And uh, uh, so, so anyway... Tell, tell me again, with what you did that demonstrated this, because I found that absolutely remarkable, that you used a metal plate. And yeah. can you explain to us how you, what happened? Because I thought that was amazing. Uh, the way this first evidenced itself, uh, a bunch of the other kids and I were out throwing rocks against a... Uh, a big metal plate that was leaning up against a brick wall. And, uh, excuse me, and uh, I threw a rock, and I heard in my mind the words, go through. And the rock went through the metal plate, didn't leave a hole, and hit the wall behind it. And all of us kids, you know, ran over. We heard that hit the wall. We ran over and looked, and there was the rock laying on the ground between the wall and the metal plate. And, uh, and you know, it's one of those things that the kids get all excited about and all this. But I got interested. And um, that led to, uh, I think I was 11 at the time, and that led to a year or so of trying to see how to make this work and see, you know, and all that. And um, so I had developed this thing where I could take a, you know, pipe plate, and um, put a rock on it and get this little voice to say, go through. And when I did, the rock would fall through the metal plate and uh, not leave a hole, but it would fall to the ground. And, uh, and, you know, it wasn't a sleight of hand trick or anything else. It was what I had learned to do with the... Uh, uh, psychokinesis, uh, and I didn't know at the time that it was psychokinesis. I just thought it was a really neat trick. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yes, yes. Now you talk about this little voice, and I am so intrigued with that. Where do you think that came from? What part of you was talking to you? I have since uh, uh, learned that it is a. Uh, just a function of the of your normal subconscious mind. Um, hmm. When when uh, when Hitler lost Hitler lost the war, um, uh, all the spoils were divided among the you know Russia and the U.S. and France, mm-hmm. uh, England, and uh, nobody wanted his. Dr. Grunbaum project, which was psychic spying, except for Russia. Russia said, yeah, I'll take that. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, in the late 60s and early 70s, we were losing our classified information like crazy. And they found out that the Russians had developed psychic spies. And that's where this project came from. Well, over in Germany <clears throat> in uh, eighty. 82, I think it was late 82, 
um, an incident happened at the field station where I was, and uh, it caused me to get flaming, flaming angry. And uh, all of a sudden, all of the computers in the field station went down for a still classified amount of time. We didn't have any um, spying effort along the East German border. And uh, so General Stubblebine, head of the Intelligence and Security Command, heard about it. He came and took me to D.C. to start a unit that um, would destroy enemy computers with hopefully the end goal of learning how to control enemy computers instead. Hmm. And uh, Congress said, no, we won't fund that. That's crazy. And so he took me out to the remote viewing unit, which is already in existence by that time, stuck me in there and said, (laughs) told them, hey, he's your problem now, deal with it, and and, uh, left. (laughs) And and it was one of the most fascinating things I had ever seen. Um, During all of that time, um, after the U.S. found out about it, um, they had uh, gone out to Stanford Research Institute that had done a fair and honest a study of psychic ability and actually proved and documented, hey, it's real. It's not. It's not our imagination. It's it's actually real. And right. uh, so, um, of course, then, like natural, you know, they proved it was real. So, what did the U.S. do? We classified it, used it for the military. <laughs> right. That's right. Let's see if we can use it to our advantage. Well, and and from what you were saying before, you really took to this. I mean, you you just fit right in. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was so fascinating to me. I have never had a more interesting job in my life. Yeah, it was it was just it was, it opened it opened parts of me that um, that had been suppressed and all that for for 40, 50 years. Um, I know one of the first days that I was there, uh, Skip Atwater, uh, whom you may know, yes, um, I do. Took, me over to the, took me over to the operations building and he sat me down and he said, I want you to look around this room, uh, look at the square around the ceiling, look at the tram around the floor and all that, and look at this room completely. And I did. I didn't know what he was talking about, you know. And finally, uh, he said said to me, listen, I want you to know that in this room, it's okay to be psychic. And it felt like a ton of weight had dropped off my shoulders that I'd been carrying around for decades. My goodness, what a uh, healing. it It was freedom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that, that's just incredible. And you did so well with all of this that you actually became a trainer, right? Yeah. I, well, I wound up when I when I retired uh, eight a little bit over eight years later. Uh, I had become the unit's trainer. Uh, I was 
uh, I'm heavy into computers, and so I was the database manager. We databased everything, and uh, I mean it was it is a scientific method, and uh, I was one of the viewers, the database manager, and became the trainer. Yeah. Gosh, how exciting for you. So after all this time of suppressing your talents, you were able to bring them out and, and put them to really good use in favor of our, of our country, obviously, and, and oh, yeah. trying to identify certain targets and things. And I know there's some things you probably still can't talk about that are classified, but please feel free to share what you can about your experiences with the remote viewing group. Yeah, okay. Well, we had a lot of experiences, you know. Uh, we collected intelligence. Um, Congress had been caught doing mind control experiments on the U.S. citizens back in the 60s. They weren't about to do that again. And so they forbid us to spy on U.S. citizens, to use this mm -hmm. to spy on U.S. citizens. And they also forbid us to do what would be called active mental work. Uh, everybody now says remote influencing. Um, now the Russians... And what is that? Uh, that's where you influence... You, using mental means, you influence people to do things or to think certain things and, and, oh, okay. and so on. And uh, we were totally forbidden to do that. Now the Russians had been developing that and they were calling it hypnosis at a distance. Oh wow! And uh, and they were using it against U.S. presidents way back then. Uh, in oh fact, uh, Jimmy Carter made a really trip to he was Russia. a target for them. Oh yeah, an absolute target. After he came back from his trip to Russia, he was never able to make a presidential decision for the rest of his term in office. Uh, oh my goodness! Totally, totally messed him up. Yeah. Yeah, so they obviously they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they knew. Oh, yeah. They had been developing that since the end of World War II. Yeah. Oh, boy. So we were a little bit behind with this kind of thing. Uh, a lot behind, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now we're out ahead, thanks to a man named Ingo Swan, who worked with Stanford Research Institute and developed this uh, protocol that you can you know you can learn, and uh, it lets you have access to and control over your own psychic ability. Um, problem with most psychics is they have no control over it, and mm -hmm. uh, they wind up being kind of flighty, and their results are flighty and and scatterbrained and all that. But uh, Ingo developed this methodology that gives you absolute control over it. Which is so helpful. I mean, as you you talk about psychics and, and how it's hit or miss and also can be very nebulous uh, responses. Oh, and yet yeah. with Ingo Swan, from, from what I understand, his method really helped psychics organize a process. And if they just follow the process, yes. then they'll get good results. Is that how it works? Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, it's a... Um, it's a set of mental tools that you learn to use. And, um, uh, for instance, a, a natural psychic will go in and try to get the target. And controlled remote viewing, you go in and the first thing you do is you say, 
what are we going to talk about today, you know, and you zero in on a target that you don't know the answer, that you don't even know what it is. In Mm -hmm. fact, they found that um, if they tell you what the target is, it just pollutes you. And so we will go in and we will say to a controlled remote viewer, uh, this is project uh, 970405, question number three, what's the answer? Hand them a pencil and a piece of paper and say, I'll be back in an hour, give me the answer, you know. And um, so, it sounds um, near impossible, but it wasn't. It worked. It actually, it actually works better that way. Um, but the first step is you ask your subconscious mind, "What are we talking about today?" And it will tell you, "Oh, I don't know what the target is, but there's land and water and something man-made." And you say, "Okay, that's good," and you write that down. And mm-hmm. then you say. Now, let's focus on the water, okay? And Mm -hmm. you get its taste, its texture, its temperature, and all that. Once you've done that, you focus on the man-made. You get its colors, its sounds, its shapes, and all that. And that's into the second stage of it. Then you go into the later stages, and you say, okay, it made a sound. Let's focus on the sound to the exclusion of everything else. Oh, motor sounds, deep motor sounds, sounds like Mm. a truck, sounds like a bunch of trucks. Oh, you know, and uh, and in doing this, you get finer and finer details about the target to the point where in 18 or 20 pages of work, you have thoroughly described that target as well as ground agent that they sent there to look at it. Incredible. That, that's just amazing. And, and again, you're saying, now, let me ask you, do you think anybody can do this, or do you have to have a gift like you have to be able to accomplish this? Uh, everybody has the gift. Um, uh, one of the things that we have learned is that um, controlled remote viewing does not make you psychic in any way. Mm-hmm. It helps you bring out the psychic ability you already have. It's always been there. And um, most people are just amazed by the amount of psychic ability that gets uncovered within them. Uh, they never suspected they had that ability. Um, but, um, you know, I'm I'm not talented in any way that I know of. I'm just... Uh, it's a normal human ability, and I was taught to use it. Well, I agree with you that all of these things that that some people call supernatural are natural. Yeah, and it's, that's we've right. Yeah, misclassified them for whatever yeah. reason. And there's a lot of reasons it's happened that way. But yes, and that's why I really like the way you present this, it, because it makes so much more sense. And certainly, with Ingo Swan's work, this has become formatted, and actually you are teaching this now online, right? Yes, I am. I'm teaching the Ingus One methodology. Now, through the years, and, uh, you know, Ingus One's method went to the research, and they developed it further. They turned it over to the military, and we put it into actual operations in the real world. And Mm -hmm. so it has developed 
you know, beyond that, but always with Ingo involved in the development. And uh, so what we teach now is the uh, applications-oriented form of the Ingo Swan technique. Yeah. And people, I just want people to know where to go because I know so many people are interested in this, and the fact that you have these courses available now online yeah. I think is tremendous. So where do yeah. people go to find this? Uh, my website is uh, crviewer.com, crviewer.com. And uh, down at the bottom of the front page is a link to the online courses and it's a link to videos that tell you what it is, what it isn't, warn you about, you know, don't spend your money until you really know what you're doing and all this. And uh, then after those videos, it gives you the opportunity to uh, sign up. So I would uh, highly recommend to everybody that if you want to learn remote viewing, uh, look before you pay any money to anybody, me included, <laughs> and uh, find out that what you're getting is the real thing. You know. Exactly. I, uh, I, as lot, I mentioned, there are a lot of fakes awesome. out there. Yeah, yeah there are. There are that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you're, you're right to certainly to suggest this to people to be cautious. But I'm very yeah. excited to. Um, to try one of your, actually sign up for one of your workshops. I was looking at those videos today. And how exciting it is because, again, to have a format is so important. And I liked how you were describing it. So you get to actually learn the symbols and you're teaching. Is it, tell me if I've got this right. That you're actually teaching your subconscious a way to get the information to your conscious mind. Is that how this works? That's how it works, and in the process, you know, your subconscious is your inner child. Mm -hmm. In the process, what happens is you give your subconscious mind rights and responsibilities. And as a process, as you do the controlled remote viewing, your inner mm -hmm. child tends to grow into an inner adult. And believe me, your subconscious mind is a hundred times smarter than you are it's a hundred times faster than you are, and um, um, you wind up being friends with yourself, uh, and you have a buddy with you that's smart, fast, and very capable. And uh, much of the much of the Ingus Wan technique is actually uh, sort of based on the martial arts. Um, really? Yeah, you know, a martial artist. Um, if you've seen the Karate Kid, you know mm -hmm. how the sensei sure. teaches it wax on, wipe off, right. and gets it to where it becomes a physical response that's automatic. And um, then all of a sudden, a roundhouse swing toward the kid, and the kid automatically blocks the swing. Yes. And uh, the we liken it to a natural psychic who has no training uh, mm -hmm. is like a natural person who is going to get hit with a roundhouse swing. You duck and you throw your arm up. But if you take the training and you learn the structure, 
that's when somebody makes a roundhouse swing at you. You throw your arm up in such a way as to overcome the the person who's trying to attack you, protect yourself, and defeat them. And so that analogy goes over to the psychic world by if you're a psychic and you get hit with a psychic impression, you you know, it's it's scrambled, you you do the natural reaction to it, uh it's it's incoherent and all this. But if you get the training, that psychic impression comes in, you know exactly the moves and the tools and all to get the most out of it in an organized manner. And uh, that's the difference. And the CRV is not psychic. It's just a methodology that helps you use what you already have. Which is so valuable. I mean, this is something I think everybody should do because, I mean, who wouldn't want a superhero partner? And that is really what you're getting, <laughs> right? It, it really is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I encourage everybody in our audience to take a look at Lynn's website, watch the two videos, see if either or both of the courses are for you. Like I said, I'm definitely signing up for at least one of them because I'm so fascinated by this, and I think it is extremely valuable. And the other thing that has impressed me so much about remote viewing is, as you know, I, I know Joe McMonagall, and I've seen him in action, and the detail oh, yeah. that the remote viewers come out with is mind-boggling to me. I mean, it just I oh, mean, yeah. watching this blew my mind. I was like, how can he get this yeah. kind of detail? It's, it's, uh, it's just the control of, of saying, okay, I know there's a whole target, but back on page 23, I I heard a sound. Now then I'm going to go find out about that sound and ignore the rest of the target. Here I am. I'm going to find out about the sound. And as you get more and more information, you get more and more details. It is just incredible. It's so powerful. Now, is the remote viewing project. Is this still underway with the government or not? Uh, when you retire, they quit telling you secrets. Oh, That's okay. one of my answers. <laughs> the other answer is I'm not a spokesman for the U.S. military. You would have to call the U.S. military to okay. find out. And, uh, I got and it. So that's how I deflect that question. <laughs> okay. I understand. Thank you for that answer. <laughs> okay. Now, you're now in, involved in, in several different projects, but I'm, I'm very interested to hear about Finding Missing Children and also some of the other things that you have been asked to do. Can you share situations where you, your remote viewers have come to save the day, basically, for these missing kids and other people? Oh, uh, Sure, yeah. Um, there's a commercial break coming up, isn't there? Uh... Yeah, do you want me to run this now, and then we'll start with with your experiences oh, with it's, remote viewers and you. children? I, I, yeah, I, I think this is a perf- perfect time. Right yeah, yeah <laughs> okay. no, that's perfect. So, yes, we are going to take a very short commercial break, everybody. So stay tuned. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We are speaking with Lynn Buchanan. He's, he's the author of The Seventh Sense, Remote Viewer Extraordinaire. We'll be right back. 
pure essential oils, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridium combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitline.com. That's CorbyMitline.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, 
people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness Alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, here with a terrific guest tonight, Lynn Buchanan. He is a remote viewing expert. He's the author of The Seventh Sense. And we are going to be talking about now, Lynn, your experiences with remote viewers finding missing children and other things that have been going on that need an answer. Yeah. Please tell us what all about this. Well, first of all, I apologize for the interruption. I was kind of getting the vibe that you were getting edgy about the time there. So oh, I, that's perfectly <laughs> I fine. I'm happy to take a break and then come back into this incredibly fascinating topic. Uh, the um, working for the police uh, is not always about missing children. Sometimes it's about <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's about uh, finding missing evidence. Sometimes it's about uh, identifying a weapon type. Sometimes it's about identifying uh, someone who may have been a witness to a crime but is perfectly innocent in and of themselves. <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, Coffee went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> and uh, you need some water. And, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm fine here. Okay. And uh, so, uh, when you work for the police, don't automatically assume it's uh, crime and blood and guts and all that, you know, because generally the police know all of that part about the crime. Mm-hmm. What they're after is details that they can't find, that their investigators can't find and all that. And so um, many people are afraid of working for the police because they'll be exposed to all the blood and guts and violence mentally, you know. Yes, Um, I've heard that before from a lot of psychics, that they won't do this kind of work for that reason. Yeah. But actually, in actual practice, the police already know most of that stuff. What they want is, um, you know, find the weapon. Uh, describe the location of the weapon that was used. Uh, there's no blood and guts in that. You just describe the location. Uh, yes. And, and things like that. Uh, um, you know, or describe a witness so that we can go find the witness and, and get an eyewitness account and things like that. Uh, and so that's what you'll get most of the time when working with the police once they understand what you do and and they don't think it's all bugaboo and magic and everything else. Uh, right. When they get serious about it, then they know how to use psychics. Uh, but generally you have to train them. <laughs> mm. uh, right. They're, they're more superstitious than anybody, yeah. 
no kidding. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, again, what, what you're doing is based on science, and it's it's not the woo-woo stuff that some people may think it is. Far from it. Yeah, it's far from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, you know, you were saying uh, my, my talent and my ability. Many times uh, an interviewer uh, will ask me to give a demonstration and prove that it works, and I generally refuse to do it. I have learned the hard way from doing that uh, and having success at it that um, people then think, oh, this guy is great. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm, I'm wanting to get people to understand. I want them to understand that they can do it. And so generally what I do these days, they'll ask me to give a demonstration, and I'll say, no, you give me one of your stage hands or something like that who has never had a psychic experience given to me for an hour. I'll teach him some of the rudiments of what to do, and then you put a picture in an envelope and have him describe it without ever knowing what it is. And it works. That's and amazing. the end result is that I can tell him that, see, this is a human thing. It's a normal human ability, and anybody can learn it. That's what's great about all of this is that, again, you're, you've you've given forth and you are giving forth in your your courses a way of doing this, a format that is so powerful that anybody can do it. So yeah. it's tremendous. But when you do work yeah. for the police, I mean, you do, I'm sure, like most groups that do this kind of work, you wait for the police to come to you, right? The police yes, I have never gone to it. a police department and said, I can solve your case or anything like that. Uh, right. We worked for the, uh, several government projects that dealt with the police. They learned, and so they started coming to me, and I said, you know, if you if you like... If you don't like what I do, tell me. If you do like what I do, tell all your buddies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and from that, uh, we wound up at one point with more work than we were ever able to even address. Uh, we oh, were my. we were just having to turn police departments away. Right now, um, <clears throat> one of my students is a uh, private detective and uses uh, 25 totally professionally trained control remote viewers uh, as her investigators, and they're doing phenomenal work. Uh, Anytime I get a police case now, I I pass it over to her, and uh, she works with the police. Right now, I'm going on 81 years old. Oh, my. I have... I have all of this. Well, not nice. <laughs> I, I, I would rather be a teenager again. But um, I we have all? all of this uh, understanding and experience about the controlled remote viewing. And so I have backed off of operations completely. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching. I'm trying to get all of this written down into books, into um, um information that could be shared and so on, you know. I finally realized maybe I'm not Clark Kent, maybe I'm not Superman, 
and maybe I am mortal after all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're doing great work still by, again, training people who are interested in this, giving them the education that we, we need so that we can learn to do this, and certainly writing more books. I'm all in favor of that because we'd all like to read what you have to say. So it's wonderful that you're still so active in this field. But as you look back on some of the cases that you were presented with, is there anything that stands out that you could share with us about the success of the remote viewers in finding either a witness or a missing person or a missing child or something like that? Oh, you mean for police cases? Yeah, or any, uh, yeah. any government cases uh, also. Um, we have found... Um, locations where, you know, bodies were. Uh, We have found um, locations where the police should go to intercept a criminal or to rescue a a hostage person or somebody who's who's been abducted and all Mm -hmm. that, you know. And um, uh, now we provide the information we we don't go out and and fight criminals. You know. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, we provide the information, and then it's up to the police department uh, to um, to use that information. Many times, if we have a police department where there's a captain or somebody or mayor or something like that who is just rabidly against the use of psychics. We turn our information in as a um, as an uh, unidentified witness, and it goes oh. in as a anonymous witness report, so that uh, it gets investigated. And we definitely tell people, you know, the detectives and all that, that um, if this case goes to court, uh, take the records we gave and make it anonymous witness or just don't mention the fact that it was from remote viewing because some lawyer will ridicule it to a jury and some criminal will go free, you know. Yeah, that's not what you yeah. want for and sure. So yeah. it's, we're still in the dark ages on psychic functioning, but, um, you know, when this became declassified back in uh, um, 90, 93, 94, Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting calls, and everybody was making jokes, and you know, well, if you're psychic, why ain't you rich? And stuff like this, you know. Right. And uh, people aren't joking about it anymore. Uh, people are now taking it seriously because they have found that it works. Uh, they have found that it is a serious uh, scientific operation, and that you know that it actually works. And so well, and people are now. Yeah, so people are and should. And as I I heard from you uh, in another interview, that this program with the U.S. military was funded annually. So you actually had to produce results, and you did. So this this was funded for at least 20, is it 20 years? Yeah, uh Yeah, we had our annual dog and pony show. <laughs> what fun! Oh boy! But that that also speaks uh, to the success of this remote viewing project yes, within uh, our government. Yeah. That you you did yeah. some amazing 
amazing things that helped our country. And uh, I and I yeah, remember and you talking. Uh, go ahead. Many, yeah, many of those things will never be known. They will never be declassified. But yeah, we did some amazing things. And one of the things I think you were able to talk about was identifying cargo on ships from flying overhead in planes. That yeah. was a fascinating story. What happened with that? Oh, listen, that, that was fun. Um, they <laughs> took us down to uh, Key West, Florida, and mm-hmm. um, um, there is a Navy plane. Um, I forget the uh, signature of you know the assignment of it, but uh, <clears throat> it's a hard wing plane, which means that the wings don't flex. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's used for um, finding submarines. And um, and they took us out on that. The wings don't flex. And so every time there's a small bump in the air, it feels like you just drove over a rock. <laughs> Uh-oh. That <laughs> and doesn't feel we good. <laughs> flew all around the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, we were looking out the window. We would fly past a ship and there were three of us on the um, on the plane at the time we would do a very quick session find out if there was drugs on the plane on the uh, ship and if so identified where on the ship the drugs were and um, we would turn that over to the coast guard the coast guard would go out and seize drugs and uh, within I think a week's time we were responsible, directly responsible for the seizure of over $80 billion in uh, drugs. Gosh, in one week. Oh, my God. Yeah. But to the cartel, that was coffee money, you know. And they said that we were extremely useful at that. It was some of their largest seizures, but it didn't even, wasn't even a drop in the bucket in the drug trade. I mean, the drugs are coming into the United States just uh, by the boatload, you know, all the time. So yeah. um, they wanted us to uh, form a unit down there, but uh, Congress would not fund that either. So How strange. You would think that that's something that should be funded automatically without even a thought, but well, who knows if they're even said, thinking. Yeah, the minute somebody says the word psychic, all of a sudden politicians run for cover. That is such a shame because we're missing out on much-needed talent here that could, and as you proved, makes a huge difference in the safety of our citizens. So we're missing out by discounting. Uh, these types of things, and it, it's just a terrible shame. And you're right, we still are in the dark ages. I'm seeing, and I'm sure you are too, some shifts and changes along the way, but it's not enough. And Yeah, it, and, it you know, nice this, is, this is probably the, some of the work we did. I know one time um, I was just gretching and belly aching and all that because we had turned information into the Defense Intelligence Agency it went up to the CIA and was thrown in the trash. Ah. And as a result, um, uh, Saddam Hussein had had made this big coup and all that. And I was really aching about, um, you know, what are we doing here? I mean, you know, and all that. 
and mm-hmm. Skip Atwater let me blow off steam, and he said, listen, the most important thing we're doing here is that we're here doing it. And, you know, whether anybody pays attention to it or not, we're here developing this. We're here making it into a viable thing. And the most important thing we're doing is being here doing it. And uh, That's an interesting point. That stuck with me for a long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I imagine the frustration level would get high when you see you have a chance as a group of very talented remote viewers to to alter uh, an event that could be very damaging, um, and, and they don't allow you to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I just can't imagine your frustration over something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, when the uh, driving Saddam Hussein, I'm, I'm getting to beep here. I may have to change, unplug and change phones in a second. Oh, okay. Um uh, when they were driving Saddam Hussein out, and um, I had done a session, and I said, "Do not drive him north; he will burn those oil wells as he goes. Drive oh. him to the west, out of the oil fields, and then drive him north." And they ignored that, and you know, well, you've seen the pictures of the oil fields; oh, just yeah. uh, hundreds of oil fields went up in flames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, terrible. And again, and, uh, this could have been prevented had they listened. They had the information and they ignored it, yeah. And uh, That's awful. It gets frustrating, yeah. Oh, terrible, terrible. Well, I have a question for you. I don't know if you can answer it, but I'm going to throw it out at you anyway. Uh, in remote viewing experiences, have you had any that you've done on remote viewing other planets or that involved extraterrestrials? Uh, yeah, just one second. Let me unplug from one phone and plug into the other. Sure thing. If you get disconnected, then just call back in. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, you did that perfectly. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were never officially asked to do ET or other planet targets. Uh, there was only one time when we were uh, tasked to do something like that, and it was more as a um, uh, confirmation of something that had been done at Stanford. So we mm-hmm. were trying to confirm their results. But uh, as far as the government and the military was concerned, we were never officially tasked to do that. And uh, uh, but we did it. Sure, we did it. I mean, mm-hmm. you have the ability to collect information like that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna yeah. do it. Sure. And and there's been a lot said about uh, life on the moon, life on Mars, and actually that we have people there. Did you come across anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, and uh, and on the moon. And, um, uh, yeah, and uh, the ET bases that are actually here on Earth, uh, we did, uh, uh, in, you know, intelligence collection on those, um, but not officially tasked. Right, so I, I get I it. So was this, and, did you investigate Antarctica? Uh, I didn't. I was never involved in that. Uh, I think they did. 
at some point, but I was never involved in it. Yeah, because there's been a lot of talk, as I'm sure you've heard, about Antarctica and what's been going on down there. And yeah, But you're uh, talking yeah. about just other bases as well. That's not the only one. No, it's not. Uh, there are many. Um, the the four that we focused mainly on was one at, uh, in Alaska, one in Australia, one in Spain, and one in Zimbabwe. And uh, we collected intelligence on what they're doing, um, you know, what they're there for, uh, what their purpose is, and and the different activities going on and things like that, yeah. Gosh, how fascinating. Now, is that something that you guys can ever talk about in in detail or not? Well, yeah. Um, in fact, um, Skip Outwater has, uh, I think, put out the results uh, of, of what we found. And uh, um, basically the one in... Uh, Alaska was a um, sort of a, a spying effort the ETs had on the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in Australia was sort of the entry point for anybody coming from another planet would check in there first and then go out across the Earth. The one in Zimbabwe was a repair station. And um, I'm not sure what the one in the Pyrenees, up in the Pyrenees Mountains in uh, Spain was about. I never worked that one personally. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm going to have to see if we can post some of what Skip wrote up about that. It's, I know the audience would love to see it. And, you know, it, you are also backing up some of what some of our other guests have shared about these bases and about life and people from here on the moon and on Mars and many other places too, who knows, but it's 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 really interesting. My goodness, we are, so many people are in the dark about this, but I know my audience isn't. They're right on top of it as much as we possibly can be. Yeah. Yeah, we're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> we sure aren't. <laughs> we are, and I don't know if we should be comforted by that or a little... Uh, which way to go uh, with some of these things. There's so many races involved that we've heard about, too, and with different you know, after the um, after I retired from the military, I was asked by a government agency um, to do a study on the um, actual documents of, uh, of abductions. Uh, that never made it into Blue Book or Grudge or any of that, you know. And right. um, and so I, I did a study on that and came up with a uh, report um, that, you know, I can I can talk about if you want to. But um, yes, please. But, you know, that's that's um, that's not the everyday stuff that we do with remote viewing. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we work for businesses. Uh, we the the real controlled remote viewers almost always have um non disclosure agreements when you work for companies. And oh, so sure. you get on the internet and you'll hear a lot of people bragging about everything they did and all that. Um but the controlled remote viewers you will not hear a lot about the controlled remote viewers or their work 
because we work for police departments, we have work for businesses, have non-disclosure agreements, uh, uh, have you know basically kind of gag orders uh, from yeah. from police cases so that the information doesn't get uh, uh, you know destroyed or whatever or reviewed. yeah or polluted in some way. They've got to go to court with this and they. They want yeah, to win the uh, case. They they obviously don't want all of this blasted all over the place, so they want right, it kept yeah. confidential, which makes complete sense. So uh, and yeah. so even still, you know, even though it's declassified, we still wind up working in secret and working in the background. Yeah, it's I guess the nature of the world today. Yeah, exactly. Now, what about future viewing using remote viewing? How does that work well? Because it seems like there's possible timelines and yeah, so when you go to look into the future how do you deal with that uh, one of the things um, we have um, an analogy that we use of um, called the Joe's Bar and Grill uh, if the police call and they say uh, tell me where the criminal will be at 9 o'clock tonight mm-hmm. and you do your session and you say he's going to be sitting at Joe's Bar and Grill eating supper Mm-hmm. And so at 8.30 they go out and they um, hide in the bushes and the criminal walks up at 8.45, they jump out, arrest him, and at 9 o'clock he's in jail. Wow. Well, you were wrong. They changed the future. Huh. And uh, if you had predicted that at 9 o'clock he would be in jail they would never have gone out to Joe's Bar and Grill, and he'd be sitting there eating supper. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and uh, so what we have found is that um, sort of like the weatherman who says, you know, the weather next week is going to be such and such, we'll have an update tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if you give information to someone and they act on it, it can change the future. And so... While you were right at the time of your viewing, the change future may be different. Now, that has happened many times when um, there would be some drug interdiction. And, um, and you know, I would say uh, the drugs are coming across the border at this amount of time, you know, this certain time in this certain place. And uh, they go out and they... Um, uh, you know, the drugs will be delivered to such and such a place. And they go out, and at the border crossing, they arrest them and seize the drugs. Well, it never gets delivered to where I said. And so a, a, um, a normal attitude towards psychic functioning is, oh, then you were wrong. <laughs> you know, and um, no... Um, Somebody acted on your information, and that changed the future. It's exactly. Exactly. And here's another one, I, and I'm sure I know you've talked about this before, but I love your answers to this. Then how can you use this to uh, win the lottery, make money, uh, look at the stock market? And it can be used that way, kind of, yeah. right? The, yeah, the uh, courses that... Uh, I have on my website. One is called Associative Remote Viewing, and it is a specialty use of remote viewing. 
for predicting the outcome of an event which will have a limited number of outcomes, such as what will be the lottery ball? Well, you've only got, you know, what's the first number on the first lottery ball? Mm-hmm. You've got from zero to nine. You don't have any other choices. Um, who's going to be the next president? Uh, will the baby be a boy or a girl? Things like this where there are a limited number of outcomes. Right. Uh, it teaches you how to predict the winner of the game, the number on the lottery ball, and other choices, you know, other future events mm-hmm. where there's a limited number. But it's a specialty use of remote viewing. And uh, then the CRV course that I have is for the general remote viewing, you know, uh, for for all of the other applications. Well, that's terrific. And both these courses are, again, on your website, which is crviewer.com, right? Is that the, that's that's the right, website yeah. people can go to? Oh, so, this is so fascinating. I'm so enjoying this conversation, Lynn. I see we have a question from someone in the audience, so I'm going to pull them on the show. Hang on. Let me bring them on live. Hi, who's this? Hi, uh, Patricia. Too. What a wonderful guest you have here. Oh, wanna... God, isn't Lynn the best? Thank you, Hugh, for calling in. <laughs> Do you have a question for Lynn? Yes, I just wanted to say, first of all, he gave the best explanation I've ever heard on uh, the simplicity and what remote viewing is all about with the inner self and the higher self going inward and working with the higher self. And that really should open up the psychics in that way tremendously for his work in the future. And if you can share my number with him, I would love to speak with him. But I wanted to ask him, since uh, I think he's back in the early 80s, if he interacted much with the Monroe Institute and Russell Targ, and also uh, if he ever knew Harry Rositsky, who was high-level CIA. Um, I am good friends with Russ and uh, with Hal Putoff. And um, uh, listen, I respect their work. You talk about an immaculate scientific researcher. You're talking, I mean, you look in the dictionary and it's got a picture of Russell Tart. He (laughs) He is fantastically squeaky clean researcher. Um, I don't know, um, I don't know many of the other people who were in the higher ups of the CIA and all that, you know, they were secretive even to us. Um, so, um, I mean, they protect their identities pretty well or did when they were active. And, uh, but yeah, the researchers out at SRI, um, Fantastic researchers, really. And the Monroe Institute, did you interact with that? Oh yeah. Um, um, in fact, before they um, put me, before General Silverbein put me into the unit, he sent me to the Monroe Institute and uh, pulled me out of Germany, where I was as a linguist and computer uh, operator over there and um, sent me to the Monroe Institute, and I thought, what a weird thing for the military to do. (laughs) (laughs) I found it totally, totally interesting, uh, 
totally enlightening uh, educational educational beyond anything I have seen before in the field of how your mind works um, yeah oh I highly recommend the Monroe Institute to anybody yeah I thank you so much for your comments and Patricia for bringing me on if you can share my number I would really love to follow up with him a little bit because of the bizarre life experiences I've had in quantum entanglements with yeah, even going sure back do. to President I, I, will, I will do that and thank you so much for calling in and thank you for your question. Thank you and my best to Patricia uh, oh, thanks. I'll pass because that I'm on so happy I've been praying for her right along too but uh, thank you once again both of you and God bless and I, I just love what you're doing with crime and I keep telling people is karma attached to negative things that you do so be careful with all the technologies in existence you're going to get caught sooner or later let's hope yeah really. one of the reasons we try to stay anonymous in crime cases is because we don't know if the cops are dirty and if you know there's going to be some criminal element coming for us so oh that is beautifully said. That I have experienced that. That's what I have to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think of that, Lynn. Well, well Q, I'm going to put you back on Thank you again. mute, and we'll finish Thank off you. the show. Thanks, Q. You know, I never thought of that, Lynn, but you bring up a really important issue. Yeah, well, we've learned some hard lessons the hard way. Yeah. Goodness. Now, I have another question for you. Are you familiar with the work of David Polites? He um, is a retired police detective. He's been uh, basically writing a lot about the people that go missing, and it's under very strange circumstances. Are you familiar with his work? No, I haven't. What is the last name? Polites. It's P-A-L-P-A-U-L-I-D-E-S. And his his work is excellent. He's done a lot of research about these people that have gone missing in the national parks, mainly the parks, but there's other places, too, that he's done research. And he's had two movies come out about this where people just disappear, a period. I mean, they're gone. They bring the tracking oh, yeah. dogs out. Yeah. And they can't find them. Yeah. Um, so you've heard of this? Uh, I I know of the uh, of the situation of people just flat out disappearing with no trace at all. I haven't heard of that uh, particular person before. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, please do because I know he is not somebody that is willing to throw out theories about what's happening. He's really an investigator and he's very good at what he does, and so he presents the facts. Here are the facts of the case, and he's done a lot of digging to try to get the facts of the case. The parks have refused to cooperate with him on a number of cases. They don't want the word out about what's going on. And yeah. he's persisted, but I think you'd find his work very interesting. And I know he's he's been asked, have you had any success working with psychics or remote viewers? And he said, so far, he has not had much success with this. Now, just my opinion, I think some of what's happening with these people is they are going off into other dimensions. I don't know if remote viewers can follow them there, but I don't see why not. 
no, I don't, I don't see why not. Um, but um, you know, there are there are other there are other causes as well. And uh, yes, yes, yeah, there are uh, many different causes for people just sort of disappearing, blinking out of existence, effectively, and and all that, yeah. And what would those be? Because, I mean, I'm not talking about serial killers or anything like that, because he's following a pattern uh, that when these people go missing, there's bad weather sets in, the dogs can't track these people. I mean, there's a whole bunch of criteria that he follows to identify these specific cases. But what else are you thinking of? It sounds like you've got some interesting information there. Well, yeah, um, I generally don't talk about this area, but um, but yeah, there are abductions um, in the classic, you know, ET abductions. There are also right. abductions mm-hmm. um, by by humans, and um, and uh, many children, in fact, are abducted by humans who have become excellent at what they do. And um, I did a uh, thing for a police department over in another country one time uh, that was uh, looking for the abducted children and found that a military group was abducting these children and using them as slaves, sex slaves, and, um, you know, just uh, servants. And when the children got sick or ill, they would use them to train their new recruits for killing people, you know, target practice. Oh, um, my God, how horrible. And uh, these kids were just disappearing. And this group had, I mean, actually honed their skills to where they could make a kid just disappear without a trace. Uh, So that exists. Um, And is that going on in this country too, Lynn, or is that just in, in Europe or other places um it's going on to an extent in probably most of the countries around the world but not not the extent of that case um i would hope (laughs) um but also there are people who have just devised a way to make themselves disappear and just uh you know um just they want out of their lifestyle, and so they just uh, disappear into the crowd and have found a way to not leave a trace, and and uh, they're still walking around healthy, probably mm-hmm. and having a better life than they had before. So there oh. are many different cases why people disappear, and. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. You know, some well, mountain climbers drop into a crevasse and are never found again. Oh, yeah. That's, think so. and that's yeah. easy to do, I think, uh, with some of these uh, these excursions they take high into the mountains. But um, I will send you some information about this. You may find it very interesting in terms of the criteria he has identified and the people that have gone missing. A lot of them are of German heritage, which is odd. And there were five physicists that went missing. They were all German. So it's there's something else, I think, happening. I know 
uh, people are trying to piece this together, but you may have uh, a little more insight here that you could maybe break some of these cases. So I'll send this to you. Well, yeah, you know, they say the KGB in Russia, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The KGB is still going and stuff like that. Um, during Adolf Hitler's time, Adolf Hitler, uh, back in World War II, had was deep into mysticism, and he had read the, the biblical account of the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve got kicked out not because of original sin. They got kicked out, the Bible says, lest they also eat of the tree of life and live forever. Well, Adolf Hitler wanted to live forever. I mean, he wanted to find the tree of life. And right. so, in his military, he formed a unit called Dr. Grunbaum, which means, Grunbaum means green tree. And uh, it was formed after the green tree of life of the Kabbalah, and they were studying Jewish mysticism. And um, at the end of the war, this is that military study and all is what went to Russia, and Russia developed it into psychic spine. But um, it remains in total secret in some parts of the uh, German um uh, societies and uh, and yeah there's still there's still um uh you know research going on in some of those german societies about uh, hebrew mysticism and uh, yeah and that will probably never end very interesting well yeah and and we're also familiar with project paperclip and how many nazi scientists yeah. were brought over here yeah. Uh, so who knows what they're up to these days? Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> maybe I don't want to think about it. But <laughs> but anyways, uh, let me ask you a question again. Let's get back to your courses because I'm fascinated by this. It's actually being offered online. It's so tremendous. How long does it take somebody to learn these skills? It. I hate to give you a vague answer here, but it depends on their self-discipline, their willingness to study, their willingness to practice, um, and also many other factors within their life. Um, if they have been raised to absolutely strictly believe that um, if you do anything psychic, you're going to hell, it may take them years to over to completely overcome that. No matter how good they get at it, they'll always have that. Oh, but what if I go to hell? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, fear. to completely overcome that may take years. Um, mm -hmm. But to become proficient at the controlled remote viewing, um, we have the basic course, which builds you a firm foundation in in the tools, mental tools and techniques. And we tell you that um, in the basic course, we give you targets that we already know what they are, you know. Mm -hmm. So your your purpose is not to learn about the target. Your purpose is to learn about yourself. And uh, 
and to learn the techniques to build a firm foundation. Then in the intermediate course, we start showing you how to use it for real-world techniques for business, for personal improvement, and things like that. And then in the advanced course, we teach you really, really, really neat stuff. But um, <laughs> but that's how it goes. And uh, many people so far um, have spent, um, you know, a year or so in the basic course. And then, uh, interesting phenomenon, many people then drop out. They don't do it anymore. Hmm. And maybe five or six years later, the phone rings, and they say, okay, I'm ready to get back into this now. And uh, when that happens, I know that they're going to, they're ready, they're really going to take off, and they're really going to do it. And for that reason, I I tell everybody, when you sign up for my course, uh, you don't pay another penny for that course, for that level of course. and like for the uh, webinars that we have for the online courses, mm-hmm. uh, the rest of my life at least, uh, you're welcome to it. You have access to all of the lessons from then on. Uh, I don't, I don't believe in annual fees. I don't believe in um, uh, me charging people for consultation time. I'm old-timey Texan. And if somebody hires me to teach them remote viewing, I haven't earned my job and I haven't learned, I haven't done my job and earned my pay until they know remote viewing. And so, um, so you know, somebody pays. I know many of the teachers will teach you the course and then charge you for consultation time and charge you for uh uh, going over your sessions and grading them and all that, and uh, and that's not the way I was raised. So, uh, well, it's it's a wonderful opportunity, and so basically, what you're saying is you get to have the, the webinar to watch and then do the exercises, and <clears throat> depending on how disciplined you are, and if you don't have any past ba- baggage with it, you can keep working on it and get some really good results. And then if you have questions, then you're available to answer those questions? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, uh, when I was having the classes here uh, here in in my home, um, after a three-day class, people were able to uh, to the rudiments of describing pictures that were sealed in envelopes and they had no idea what was in the envelope and yet they would uh, describe it and even sometimes uh, make sketches that would replicate the picture itself. And uh, so, you know, you can you can learn to do this in three days. Wow. But to become a highly professional and highly uh, um, capable of controlled remote viewer, that's where it depends on your ability to just self-discipline and practice. Mm-hmm, exactly. And what advice do you have for people that, like you, were told this is the work of the devil, you can't do this, and so they have this deep-seated fear they're going to be punished for it, and it's not in this life, in the afterlife. What, how do you help these people? to get over that? 
I have always said that everything I learned in life that helped me in life, I learned in Sunday school. And everything really? that has hurt me in life, I also learned in Sunday school. <laughs> and at some point, you have to start thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I say, when that happened with me on the sidewalk, they're, they're going home from school. I believed it because I had been taught that if the preacher says it, then God said it. And uh, I have learned through the rest of my life that <laughs> that's just not true. You know? Right. I mean, and what uh, a traumatic event. I mean, that's a, it was a physical assault as well oh, as yeah. an emotional one. I mean, it was terrible what they did uh, out of their own fear and ignorance. But certainly, you're right, other people are walking around with the same belief, maybe not even knowing that it's affecting them as much as it is and preventing them from accessing their own intuition. Yeah, Yeah, oh my goodness, yeah, what a terrible thing that was. And who knows why it really happened, but um, yeah, so that's an important thing. So I know part of what you say is you have to be willing to encounter yourself when you learn this work. And That's right. You have to learn how to think for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and then to just get these blocks completely out yeah. of the way, and so that you're not encumbered by any wrong thinking yeah. or ignorant thinking or somebody else's thinking. Yeah. And you know the uh, the remote viewing gives you an ability. Uh, it gives you sight in a world that's blind in that way, and so all of a sudden ethics become extremely important in what you do. Um, And in my course, I teach ethics, ethics, ethics. Uh, uh, You hurt others, you're hurting yourself. You help others, you help yourself. Um, It's very important. Yeah, it is. I mean, because this is an incredible ability and power in some ways. Like you said, in in Russia, they've used it to influence people negatively, like poor Jimmy Carter. So it it can be used to get on somebody's frequency and start affecting the way they actually think. And in Russia, were they doing this as a group? Was that what they were doing? So it wasn't just one remote viewer doing this kind of influencing? Uh, The Russians... Uh, yeah. yeah, they had a unit. Yeah, they had really? a unit. A whole unit they, doing Several that. units, in fact. And their, uh, really one of their most powerful units was the one that was um, doing what they called uh, hypnosis at a distance because they were targeting uh, foreign leaders and uh, just messing with their minds. Yeah. That's really something. Gosh. So well, but you're saying now we've caught up with what we're able to do, and so that's a good thing. And hopefully, we've found some ways to do self-protection for our leaders and well, other people. Caught up is caught up is one thing. The more I learn about controlled remote viewing, the more I realize we're still in kindergarten. The human really? mind has so many capabilities that we've just barely scratched the surface. Uh, we're still learning. Well, we are, but thanks to you, Lynn, we are actually able to do something about this and make some strides in the right direction. And really, I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing, that you've done, 
and the way that you're presenting this, giving us all an opportunity to learn, you know, to really learn oh, and master you. some of this and, and, like you said, become a friend to ourselves, to our own unconscious mind that has oh, yeah. so much more information than we do Thank you for letting me talk about it. I, I enjoy talking about it. <laughs> oh, well, gosh, it, it was my pleasure having you on the show. I'm, again, I can't thank you enough. And everybody, the name of Lynn's book is The Seventh Sense. You can get it on Amazon, I'm sure, and probably in your local bookstores as well. And the name of the website is crviewer.com. Make sure you go watch the videos on these courses. See if they're right for you because they're very powerful courses, I can tell just by watching the videos, and I'm excited about it. I'm going to sign up for at least one of them and get started. I never thought I could do remote viewing, but, Lynn, you're so encouraging. I've got to give it a try. So. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so very much, and uh, everybody will be back next week with another exciting show. We've got Amelia Kincaid. She talks to the big cats and the elephants, she will be here with us next week. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. much. I so appreciate it. It was a great show. Oh, thank you for inviting me. That was that was good show. You're a good interviewer. I like oh, that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it was my pleasure and many blessings to you and to your wife. I hope everything works out just beautifully for her and for you. We're, we're accepting all prayers, yeah. I will praying. be praying for you both. So Thank you very much. Absolutely. I will share this with Scooter so she can join in. And, again, many blessings to both of you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Lynn. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.